Podcast Movies Edition, presented by Phil Hinton. Hello and welcome to the Movies Podcast. Coming up, we discuss some of the rumours of the biggest trilogies coming to Blu-ray this year. And joining me on the podcast uh, this week is Simon, Jer and Mark. And uh, guys, we're going to talk about some of the big discs coming out in the next month and also stuff that we're really looking forward to. And I guess the big story has to be this week uh, while we're recording this. Uh, it's been leaked that Star Wars is coming to Blu-ray. All six films in one box set. Loads of extras being talked about as well. So Mark, uh, lots of internet buzz at the moment about this. Well, you know, how can you not be excited about this it's basically one of the sets of films that really establishes any medium you know people were talking about dvd wouldn't be established until you have you know the godfather trilogy till you have indiana jones and until you have star wars now we're looking to finally get star wars onto blu-ray and fingers crossed it should look excellent and everyone's very excited about what all this supposed additional footage might be everyone's excited yeah of course don't act I'm, like you're not excited. I'm only, <laughs> mo- I'm only moderately excited. I must admit. Star well, Wars. I'm fifty percent excited because there's three films that I really separate. like, and there's three films that I don't really like. <laughs> yeah, the the last three are absolute. Well, the third one, the Revenge of the Sith, all right, but the the first two in the latest series are awful, awful movies. Although in saying that, the battle at the end of Attack of the Clones should be pretty cool on Blu-ray. Hmm. Well, I mean, they, these films are obviously made for Blu-ray, aren't they? The first, well, certainly the first three are shot on HD. I mean, that's obviously where, where they were going. Yeah, I've got to say, uh, the first three films um, were not great. And when we say the first three, that's the most recent ones, the first ones in there. I guess it depends, again, whether you're, you were brought up with these films or not. I mean, you know, I was a bit seven, six, seven-year-old when I saw the the original Star Wars um, at the local flea pit, and that's what got me interested in film because it take me away to another world, fantasy world, and all the rest of it. And uh, you know, I'll always have a, a fondness for it, but I'm not one of these fanboys that would go on and on and on and on and on um, regarding the changes and everything else that's been made over the years. Fair enough, it's still it's still a film, it's an enjoyable film. But at the end of the day, guys, these were kids' films, weren't they, Mark? Oh, that's 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 a pretty loaded question. Yes, they to a certain extent they were in that oh, crust. Kids films is perhaps I'd say simplifying it a little bit too much. Yeah, I'd say yeah, okay. Expe- it's... Is it experience films? They're roller coaster films. They're all films that have broken new ground uh, in terms of visuals. You know, Jurassic Park and the like have usually gone towards as wide a market as possible. They need to be as accessible as possible because there's no point throwing money at, at special effects and there's no point doing anything particularly revolutionary if no one's going to watch it. So, yes, to a certain extent, they were kids' films, family films, and since then they've almost been just 
taken on by a core audience as opposed to really being projected towards that audience. And so it's it's interesting to see how people's reactions to them change over the years as they themselves um, mature. But yeah, the films always were just accessible films. I mean, it's pretty hard to make an intellectual argument for the Ewoks anyway. <laughs> yeah, totally. Or, uh, and, and of course, I, I said kids' films there. What I meant is it was a more family family orientated wide range in which you picked up on there sorry jerry we're going to say something there yeah hard to make a case for the ewoks or bloody jar jar bings for that matter i hate that guy i guess i was like everybody else i mean i don't know what you guys were like but um you know as soon as the trailer hit hit the cinemas back in 99 for the for the episode one i, I guess everybody was excited we, we all had fond memories of the first three movies we wanted to see how things had moved on and i guess it was uh always set up to be a bit of a disappointment simon um, yeah, I guess so. Um, so Phantom Menace is, is quite a complex story hiding in, and it, it's, it's the, the problem with Jar Jar Binks, he's such a domineering character, but not in a good way, because everyone focuses on how crass and boring and ridiculous that character is. In, in the first Star Wars, we, the, the story was told through the eyes of the two robots, wasn't it? Um, and that was a very, very good storytelling device. Yeah, it was copied from the Hidden Fortress. The two, the two beggars, as they went through the, went through their um, their story arc. So that's where it came from, and it was based on that, pretty much based on that film. So it was a very, very complex story, but it, it naturally flowed, and it, it was worked really well. Now, had he used the same sort of device there with the Jar Jar Binks character as as some as a device to tell the story through, it might have worked, but it became so fart and poo gags. It was just so annoying because there was a good potential there. I mean, Darth Maul, what a fantastic villain. The, the, the battle at the end between all the, 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 the Gungans and the droids, juxtaposed with the space battle, juxtaposed with the lightsaber battle, that is terrific storytelling. And the way they bounce between the three, I really enjoyed that. And the, the, the epic battle at the end between Kenobi and Maul at the end is just... It's, it's great stuff. It, it, it really did work for me. But at the end of the day, you've got this damn character that just muddies the entire screen and you just go, why, why, why? Oh, it's so, so frustrating. I, I have to agree. The, the, the bad guys in, in the new series and movies are pretty cool. Uh, General Grievous is top-notch and... Uh, Dark Lord, Sidious, Dark Maul, you know, they're all fantastic baddies. Then you have Ewan McGregor. Why, is he, why does he do that accent? Because it would be a little bit funny if Obi-Wan Kenobi was, you know, in his early 20s and broad Scottish and then suddenly turned into an old thespian halfway through. Well, why not? He changed planets, didn't he? With 40, 50 years later in, in the time. Why did he have to have the same voice? He Why did he have to have the same clothes? From Billy Connolly to Quentin Crisp, halfway through his life, does yeah. he? Well, Go why not? Look. He had to adopt a disguise, uh, didn't he? Well, well, look, I mean, I'd, I've lived in England, what, 15 years? I still talk with a Scottish accent. So it doesn't matter if I move to another planet, I'm still going to have a Scottish accent. <laughs> Speaking of, I, I found as well, right, on the, the DVDs where reference standard when they come out the thx ones um the originals then the next the new series come out and i found that a lot of the scenes looked horribly green screenish i know that they were but it was though the actors were standing on a stage and 
surely that is just going to be enhanced on Blu-ray. Well, and I mean, the, the the thing for me was always with Phantom Menace, the way it was transferred. Um, and I'd, I had the unique opportunity to, and I'm going to name drop again now, now here. Uh, yeah. name dropping, but You do this every podcast. Do you think anyone <laughs> anymore? But, <laughs> but I did manage to speak to Rick Dean, who was uh, one of the team that transferred these films on VHS and, and DVD. And... Uh, I mentioned the whole fact of the the edge enhancement um, that you see on the Phantom Menace DVD, and it is pretty darn awful. Um, But seemingly that was uh, part of the process on the transfer. And um, when I asked them about the Blu-ray, they were a bit coy, so I'm hoping that uh, we're not going to see the same issues a la Gladiator recently. Um, turning up on on these new Blu-rays. Hopefully they are going to do new transfers of the source material and uh, and get rid of that edge enhancement effect that was on there. Hopefully. I reckon as well, do you reckon they might do a wee sneaky, like Lord of the Rings, and we'll get an edition now and then a definitive ultra edition in about a year's time? Well, that was the thing. I I think Mark's also also read up on this story uh, as it broke this week. Mark, uh, they didn't call it the Ultimate Edition, did they? they? They were very coy about how they were actually going to name the, the set. No, but but there again, you know, even if you were to call something the Ultimate Edition, someone might, you know, get a little bit pedantic about semantics and say the Definitive Edition could still come out. So it, it it's never a closed door, even when you get something as the Ultimate Edition. But yeah, they're, they're, it's it's hard to ever see these films or any great trilogy as simply being a single set. I mean, if if after all this time they're now supposedly either finding or choosing to let out to the public this additional footage, it's it's hard not to imagine that there there may even be more. Mm. Yeah, and of course, I've got the laser disc, which is the definitive edition. Obviously not. Obviously not. Um, so yeah, they were they were quite coy with that side of things. No details, obviously, about about this. It's just breaking news at the moment, and uh, uh, we're believing it's going to be around about October uh, next year, which would, um, guys, be the thirty fifth anniversary. Have I got my maths right there? Yeah, seventy seven is when the first one came out. No, your maths is off by one year. Oh no no no! Size right, seventy-seven. I know there was, there was talk that they were tying it in specifically that it looked very much like that as well as the aliens, uh, well quadrilogy. Oh my god! Yeah, I yeah. cannot wait Would for it. Would be tied yes, into yes. specific yeah. anniversary dates, and it it always seems to marry up when you get these decent sized box sets come out. Yeah, well, Alien was what seventy-nine for Alien. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, just uh, listeners talk amongst yourselves a minute while we do the maths here. Well, 77 and 35 is 2012, so unless they're going to have a 34th anniversary edition this year, or next year, which would be a bit lame, we might be waiting until 2012 for this. Ah, but you can't count the, that 77, so you'd have to... Or do you? <laughs> <laughs> this is tough. This is a stumper. Is it 77 plus 35, or do you take 77 as one at the one... One of them, and then it would be the thirty. I tell you what, we're finding this pretty difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hang on, I, I, yeah. Well, well, yeah. It was released seventy-seven. So if you take seventy-seven away, add 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 on your thirty-five, then 
it's next year, 35th anniversary. I'm going to use my calculator that I've got and heavily, you know, cleverly concealed within this computer laptop type thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so moving on. I, I mean, guys, I guess we're excited about this. I mean, uh, I've always been a fan of the films. I'm not a fan boy, but I've always been a fan of the films. First three... Um, uh, you know the newest films, not really that great. Although I have enjoyed the Clone Wars stuff, um, and I can't help thinking that maybe if the first two films in the new trilogy had followed the Clone Wars um, examples of action and adventure, and, and instead of this uh, storyline of politics and all the rest of it, Mark, maybe it would have been more successful. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that point, but. On the other hand, I mean, you you alluded to you know kids' films or more you know family films and the like. If you're in, it, a lot is made that if you watch them in chronological order, i.e., the order that you know one, two, three, as opposed to starting off with A New Hope, um, that in fact the progression, although technologically doesn't really work, and the powers of the Jedi seem to be amazing to start with, and later on, you know, pretty weak. It's just Luke Skywalker managing to leap about four foot in the air you know but i, I do think there's there's a real kind of uh progression in tone that actually works when you watch them all through i um things do progressively get darker and then you get the the midway point of of things really kind of breaking down and then the redemption of characters towards the end of the six films and so so i think in a way you know not to stick up too much for George Lucas, but I, I think he has done some things quite well. I'm going to be a real fanboy here and say that the, <laughs> the reason why the Jedi's get worse is because the dark side gets stronger. And uh, yes, all, and yes, there's no true. They're, they're all wiped out, and so therefore they can't learn and progress their Jedi powers. I take that on board, Phil. A Greek is this one. <laughs> um, Ever hear an Irish Yoda impression before? It's standing <laughs> Yeah, so um, anyway, I guess we're all looking forward to this. It's a yeah. little bit away yet, but, um, you know, it's it's certainly interesting. And, of course, that score. I mean, um, you know, the films are great, but I, I've got to say I have a real love for the score um, across all six movies. I don't know about you guys and what you think about John Williams' score, but it just seems to be one of those absolute classics. Yeah, he certainly got it right, didn't he? Um, that, that opening... Rift and the and the yeah the horns as it all comes in it's it is brilliant brilliant music and you're right it is all six films they've each got their own unique little twist and uh, and they are great and they're going to sound great no matter what sound format it comes out on it's going to be brilliant you know what you're right there you get you 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 end up buying the the original three because they're really good movies and you end up buying the latest three because they're bound to look stunning and sound amazing. So you so, end up getting all six, although so you're you won't enjoy the last three. So you're going to buy a box set then? I may, I may. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, I'm not sure if the tour's finished or not, but if anybody gets a chance to go and see Star Wars in concert, go and see it. I saw it um, two or three weeks ago now in Newcastle at the at the arena there, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Every cue from the films that you would want to have, big screen showing bits, clips from the film, and a full 96-piece orchestra. It wow. was superb. 
Yeah, I bet. I went to a, um, it was a, 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 not specifically Star Wars, but a sci-fi evening at the Royal Albert Hall with, a, again, 96-piece orchestra just playing various tracks from various sci-fi films, um, including Superman, and they even played some of the planets. Um, and that was awesome. That was truly, truly awesome. The, the songs they played from Star Wars were a bit strange. J- um, Jabba's theme which was a bit odd, right. and uh, Princess Leia's theme, which, again, is a bit of an odd choice because they're not particularly well-known tracks, but simply fantastic to listen to. Yeah, maybe, so. they, maybe they couldn't afford the copyright on the more well-known ones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They've played everything else. <laughs> I'll tell you what, speaking of those kind of team nights, there was one in Dublin where it was an orchestra playing along to music from video games and that old Mario and Zelda and all those classic tunes. I didn't go obviously enough because I'm not nerds like you guys. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so I'm not sure if that tour is still going on, but if anybody gets a chance. Okay, so uh, another thing that we alluded to was uh, the Alien Quadrilogy. Uh, strong, uh, strong rumours that that is coming out uh, this year, later this year on Blu-ray. And uh, guys, uh, another... Uh, franchise of movies which had its low points but more highs than lows I would argue um, what do you guys think absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant um, if if it's released this Blu-ray set is anywhere near as good as the DVD quadrilogy box set which contained theatrical and director's cuts of every film including three when they painstakingly sort of put together the bits that were left out and uh, made up other bits from uh, Fincher's own vision. They it's clearly stated it wasn't his vision because you know he had to go back and do it. But this is how it would, might have looked had he been left in charge. Um, then we are looking at a fantastic, fantastic set that I am going to put in front of Star Wars, even though I dearly love Star Wars. I think Alien and Aliens are just superb films and just cannot be beaten. Just cannot be beaten. I agree with you 100%. I am far more excited about Aliens coming out on Blu-ray than all six Star Wars movies. Cameron Fanboy. Oh no, Aliens is simply one of the greatest movies ever made. Ever. That is all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's it's a tough one there. Um, I I like Alien uh, simply because of its sci-fi horror and just the genius of the film. Aliens is a very, very different film. Very different in tone. If the question was, after the first viewing, which one did you like better? I would say Alien. But it loses the suspense, because you know what the alien looks like. And Aliens gives you loads more aliens, which is what you really want. So Aliens (laughs) is a better film. (laughs) (laughs) Quantity rather than quality. Oh, absolutely. Well, when you know what they look like, you want to see them all the time. Yeah, yeah, but... uh... You could say the same for Jaws. I mean, it's still a film that I'll sit and watch, and the suspense never goes when the big plastic shark turns up. Yeah, it always gives you a fright, doesn't it? <laughs> See, that's a film uh, we're waiting yeah, for. Alien, Aliens and Alien looked fantastic on DVD. Really did a good job with the remastering, I think, anyway. And I think these could be stunning, stunning discs. Mm. Yeah, well, that, um, that trailer that's floating around the web... If you can get that in uh, 1080p, which some places are showing it, I believe it's even someone's listed it on the forums, I think, if you look for it. Um, it does look very, very nice indeed. When's that coming out this year? Yeah, it's supposed to be summer this that. year. Yep, I'd like t- that for a view. T- Toad is this year. <laughs> oh, well, well, yeah, the, well, the, the trailer supposedly on the Minority Report, which is coming out next month. So that'll cool. be interesting. 
Yeah. Alien Tree, though. I didn't really like Alien Tree. And the fourth one was absolute tripe. What's what's Alien Tree? Alien Tree. That's the one where the Lord Sycamore <laughs> it uproots itself and starts slaying everyone. <laughs> yeah, and of uh, course Cameron used that in Avatar, didn't he? He did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not, the uh, Alien Three is uh, is is all right, but I mean, like, not a patch on the first two. Hopefully, they come out separately. That would be the ideal scenario. I I, I never understood why uh, you know this faraway planet that there was a prison was full of Yorkshiremen. Yeah. <laughs> It was a little bit odd that, but it was a shame, I guess, that Fincher never got to give us his vision, basically, Absolutely. on that one. Yeah, yeah, which is why if you watch that director's one, it's a very, very different film in, in tone and, and the way it's shot. So it's, you know, it's actually quite a watchable film. It's it's not right. It's still flawed, but it's certainly better than the theatrical monstrosity that was released. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, I think the problem was the CGI aliens. That really was a bad, bad, bad choice. Yeah, it was. It was all just. It just wasn't a good. Was, yeah, money men trying to spin something, and it just didn't work. Yeah, no, it was. It, it was just so so down and depressing after the the high point of Aliens. You know, it was just not the way, not the direction that it was left in. I know they had to do something different, but I mean that was just mad. Yep. See, for me, had they have got, had that have been gotten right, I think that I would have happily cut off and said, right, leave that trilogy there. For, uh, I know I might be a little bit in the minority, but I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Aliens. What? Simply be- <laughs> no. What is wrong with you, Mark? Simply because I, I feel the first was a classic, you know, uh, kind of haunted house in space type affair. It was all about tension. It was all about subtlety and, uh, you know, directing the camera in very minute ways to, to draw the um, viewer's attention to specific parts of the frame. And Aliens was just about large guns and has some of the clunkiest dialogue in it that, you know, you're ever likely to hear. But people gladly look past that because they say, look, you know, the ship's crashing. How brilliant is that? You know, or an alien queen, you know, fighting with some kind of industrial robot, you know. Oh, I can't wait to see it on Blu-ray. It sounds so brilliant. <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. I think we'll agree to disagree on this one. Fair enough, Mark. Fair enough. Yeah. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> Handbags at the ready. Okay, so um, I guess, you know, that's got to be uh, one of the big uh, releases this year that I think everybody's going to be looking forward to. So, so I guess the question now is, you know, if we, we've got the Alien Quadrilogy coming, Star Wars touted as being uh, next year. Um, what other big classics do we do we really want to come in? And I'm going to say um, that I'm looking forward to the Back to the Future trilogy. Uh, it's been on Sky and HD quite a few times now. Um, so obviously, the, you know, there's there's good scope for that coming on disc. And I guess the other one, guys, is Indiana Jones. So let's take Back to the Future first. Well... Back to the Future 1 and 2 are absolutely awesome. Back to the Future 3 is very, very good. But the flying train, I mean, like, it's just kind of took it a bit too far for me. Just, you know, Back to the Future Part 2 is one of my favourite films of all time. I absolutely think it's phenomenally good. And I can watch the first one over and over again, but I rarely go to the third one. 
because I just find it a little bit too ridiculous, even though it is a bit exciting. Yeah, I, I guess uh, the third one, I always take it as a bit of fun. I, I always took it as the producers maybe saying, well, let's have a little bit of fun with the last film. Let's let's put them in a, in somewhere that, um, you know, you can have your end jokes like Clint Eastwood and, um, you know, you, there's loads that you can do with the Western theme. So um, certainly that's always the way that I've looked at it. I don't know about you other guys, but I've always looked at the third one as just a bit of fun to wrap up the trilogy, basically. In, in many ways, you know, you're, you're back to the kind of archetype of Star Wars, though. First one sets the scene, second one's a bit darker, and the third one, you know, you introduce the Ewoks or you have flying trains. You know, it, it becomes more of a kind of family film that everyone wants to go to. Yeah, good point. Ewoks and flying trains, they're very similar. <laughs> well, you see, the, the, the thing that ruins it for me for number three, and I'm, and and, and I'm going to say it now, and I, I'm probably wrong with this, but... Um, so Marty goes from, well, Doc goes from, and spoilers alert if nobody's seen this. <laughs> so in the second one, Doc gets struck with the lightning, yeah, goes back to 1885, hides the DeLorean in the mine, yeah? yeah, it can't fly again, blah, blah, blah. So Marty in 1955 gets a letter, then goes into the mine, gets a DeLorean, Doc in 55 fixes it. He goes back to 1885, puts it in a cave and notices that the fuel line's broken, yeah? You with me so far? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So why didn't they go to the old mine, okay, and get the fuel out of the DeLorean that had been buried in the old mine? Yeah. Can I just say, given that you, you've already said that you're not such a fanboy of Star Wars to be talking about all the minutiae of the plot and the like, <laughs> you've thought about Back to the Future far too much for me. Yeah, I'd say you've even written this out, haven't you? <laughs> Trying to make sense of it. Well, maybe some sort of parallel dimensions, Jobby, where when Marty took the 1955 DeLorean back, the one in 1855 disappeared because it had come back. You know what I'm saying? It's got a flying car in it. (laughs) (laughs) And a flying plane. And and it's a DeLorean that was made by a a cocaine dealer, so there you go. Um, (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) <laughs> only a cocaine dealer yeah. could pick up a but, flying car yeah, but, man, but while, while I'm, I'm destroying the trilogy for people um, let's go to the, the second film okay um, they're in the future he throws away the book yeah, yeah. Um, they get in the yeah, DeLorean I'll, they got Hill, Hill Valley or wherever it is that they go um, no Hilldale they got Hilldale where Marty and, and Jennifer are old um, Jennifer's stuck in the house, so Doc and Marty go to try and get it, and old Biff steals the car, yep, with me? Yep. yep. He goes back to 1955, yep. 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 Gives the almanac to his uh, teenage self, yep. 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 Mm-hmm. And then he allegedly takes the DeLorean from that point in time back to the point in time where Doc and Marty are in the future and leaves the DeLorean for them. Yep. yep. They then go back to 1985, and it's a different timeline. Yep. Mm-hmm. With me? Yeah. We've lost yeah, all Yeah, but you're losing me slowly. <laughs> no, I know what you're going to say. Right. Now, they go back to an alternate timeline because the old Beth's gone back, giving the young Beth the book, and the old Beth's gone back to the future to where Doc and Marty are. But if giving the book to the teenager changes, the teenage Beth changes the timeline, then the old Doc... Uh, the old Beth, sorry, when he goes back to where Marty and Doc are, he wouldn't end up in that timeline. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, 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 Flawless logic for 
a logicless film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But am I right? <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Am I bothered? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a flying train in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Anyway, so uh, Back to the Future, that's something that I would like to see you guys. Yes. Yep. Absolutely love the second film. Yeah. Even though I've just ruined it for you. Well, I can no, no you, you haven't ruined it because the he minute wasn't that listening. The... No, yeah, well, that was one reason. But <laughs> the second reason was because as soon as I saw the flying car, I decided to suspend all disbelief at that moment. So I didn't really apply the same scrutinous logic to it as you did, Phil. <laughs> what do you mean? It's real. <laughs> uh, uh, it was a documentary. <laughs> so uh, moving on from Back to the Future uh, we've got to be quick because we're running out of time now and uh, Indiana Jones trilogy now we've had Indiana Jones 4 the absolutely diabolical it should never have been made film uh-huh. but the original trilogy guys oh yeah, oh, yeah. brilliant yeah, in, fact, in fact I would go as far if I may be so bold to say that it is one of the very very few flawless trilogies where all three movies are fantastic uh, what about that horrible kid in the second film? Oh, I miss Dr. Jones. He's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind the kid. It's her that I cannot stand. She screams every scene. Yeah, but when she gets the big centipede in her hair, that totally makes up for it. I wish I'd have gone in her mouth and choked her. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, what made her so attractive that Spielberg then married her? I, I just don't get that. Well, the way she sweaty. screams. I was going to say, because she's sweaty and her shirt was open, that's much better. <laughs> okay. Um, right, so let's start with the first film, Raiders of Lost Ark. Um, I've got to say, I think it is uh, one of the all-time classics. Second film, mm, I like to score more than I actually like the film. Um, it was okay. It wasn't great. Third film, I like it because it's a bit like Back to the Future 3. It's a kind of um, let's have fun with the whole thing. Let's introduce Sean Connery, who's only four years older than uh, Harrison Ford, as his father and uh, have a bit of fun, which I like the the last one, the first one. Second one, I can take it or leave it. I don't know about you guys. First one, absolutely fantastic. Second one, I love the uh, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom is my favourite. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure, sure why. But it's almost as though it's, you know, up-to-date Sinbad movie, which I've, you know, obviously love. I spent ages as a child trying to remove other people's hearts with my fingers like that guy used to did and got into trouble with so many young boys' mams for hurting them. They're going home with five little bruises on their chest. And he's nothing but trouble. And he's got burning hot stones in his handbag as well. What the hell yeah, is he doing? Yeah, but is that something a 25-year-old should really be doing? Yeah, that is Sorry, um, uh, just trying to get away from Jeb. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the second one was was perhaps actually needed that that it, it should be a slight different tone. It, it moved away from the kind of boys' own kind of uh, you know what am I trying to say? Boys a bit like own? the Hardy Boys kind of fighting the Nazis. You know, it was a boys' adventure style novel uh, mood. And I, and I think they had to move away from that in some way. And it was always going to be moving off to some ancient land, be it, you know, Egypt and the pyramids or somewhere like that, that they find some kind of danger. But as soon as you head back to fighting slightly kind of 
camp Nazis, it's always going to make a classic film. Been released here uncut yet? Because it what, was a trilogy or, or no, no, the, the second film the second, was, was, uh, was no, cut the second heavy. film was cut for the DVD release. Uh, I think that's why everybody bought the box set from the states. From the states, yeah, I know, I did. Oh, I got the box set from the states, but I didn't realise it was uncut. I must go and watch that again. Yeah, I have to say it has got one of the worst mannequins falling into a river full of crocodiles i think you're ever likely to see <laughs> yeah that is I mean, very it's, true. it's up there with a the plastic shark as far as i'm concerned yeah but you've got to suspend disbelief oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. flying cows you know and i'll tell you what it's quite scary you know when they open up the ark and the first one and all the guys turn old really really quickly yeah and, the, the, and the metal away yeah yeah, that's pretty scary now. Yeah, no, no. Indiana Jones, top notch. That was a bit random, wasn't it? Cut that bit out. <laughs> it made me, like, me look like a moron. <laughs> what do you mean, look like a moron? Yeah. Okay. What's wrong with me? <laughs> okay, well, I think we've had enough uh, uh, jovial conversation for one podcast. Uh, sorry we didn't get any uh, relevant news out there, apart from Star Wars and Alien coming uh, and us adding our wants list, but uh, as needs be, um, let's hope, hope that those uh, last two trilogies do come out on Blu-ray, and uh, we look forward to the other ones. Uh, come back and join us next month. We're going to do our uh, movie reviews podcast uh, the first week of May, hopefully, uh, we'll be around with that one. But for now, I just need to thank uh, Jer, Simon and Mark. So thanks, guys. Thanks Cheers very much, Phil. Phil. Thanks, Phil. And if you have any feedback on this podcast or, or any of the other podcasts, then head to the podcast forum and uh, put your feedback under this. Or you can email us, podcast at abforums.com. This is Phil Hinton saying thanks very much for listening again, and we'll see you next month. The AV Podcast was presented by Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.